On this episode, join Andy, Dean, and Jow on their journey home from Primetime Wrestling and the Legends Academy presents Christmas Student Showcase. Welcome to the road home from wrestling. Time to go to school. Here in my car, I feel safest of all. I can lock all my doors and it's the only way live in cars. All right, well, we're headed home from another week at Primetime Wrestling. My name's Andy, coming to you live to tape from the Road Home from Wrestling World Bowl Headquarters of the world. And I got Dean in the front seat. What up, Dean? What's up, guys? How you doing, Dean? I'm doing good. How's it feel to be number one? I'm just kind of used to it now. Are you? Yeah. Start, starting to feel like I don't want to get all cocky and shit. Okay. Okay, fair enough. But that's not it. We also got y'all in the back. Dean, what up, y'all? Hello, everyone. I'm back. How's it going, buddy? It's going. Work has been long, long hours at work. Okay. Everyone at the end of the year uh, has met their deductible. Ah. And so everyone's getting these elective surgeries that, you know, probably aren't necessary, but they feel like the doctor has told them that they are. Mm, okay. And Very so they interesting. For it. Wait, so, but shoot job talk, that's Dean's shit. So, oh, it's, well, a, it's, a, it's a staple on the podcast. Okay. I got I, I got deductible and copay confused. <laughs> okay. So I didn't understand, like, when they told me, oh, I have, you know, such and such a deductible, and then I would go to the doctor, uh, and they would tell me, okay, well, you've almost met your deductible. And I didn't understand, like, I thought I had a deductible every time I came, because I thought it was a copay. <laughs> yeah. And then I was a little lost when he said that everybody's met their deductible, so now they're all coming in, and I'm like, oh, okay, no, deductible's... Okay, all right. Yeah, well, so that's you, some good so wrestling talk, guys. Yeah, yeah so you really want to meet good. your deductible, and then once you meet your deductible, any surgeries or medicines are free. Okay. Is that is that how it works? Not quite. Okay. Uh, let's well, not get into all that. Uh, thank you guys so much for that great commentary on, on medical insurance. But we're here to talk about pro wrestling. So tonight was, uh, tell us a little bit about this show, John. What was this called tonight? Do you even know? Uh, this was the, it was a holiday extravaganza. Oh, and so it's the Primetime Wrestling and the Legends Academy presents Christmas Student something. Oh, can't remember the holiday name extravaganza. Sorry. Yeah, there where they were back giving, up. Where they were giving. Student Showcase, that's what it's yes. There you go. And uh, admission tonight was a toy because every person that came to the show brought a toy that was given or toys for tots. That's and, right. Uh, and or donation. Yeah. 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 Now I uh, I was confused like like Dean was about the copay thing and I brought a giant dildo. So I don't know why, but it, it they... didn't say it didn't tell us what age group the toys were gonna be for. So I kinda just got the idea. Like when we got there, John was like, Not a lot of wrestling toys. And I was like, because everybody is probably assuming that everyone's going to bring a wrestling toy. Ah. So that's why, like, I can't bring something that everybody else pictured, you know, everyone else brought, because then it'll be all wrestling toys. And Andy, very much thinking, well, everyone's going to bring something that a kid will like. <laughs> well, I just mistook, actually. You're, I mean, that's thank, thank you for trying to back me up there, but I just brought a dildo. I mean, I kind of always bring a dildo everywhere I go, so, you know, just one of those things. I just had in the back, but... Uh, but yeah, um, by the way, you are going to hear some noise. Unfortunately, the weather is fucking awful, so welcome back to the show, Rain. Always terrible to see you. 
and uh, you know, you're going to hear my awful windshield wiper, so I apologize for that. But we're going to review this show. So this was at the PTW Sportatorium in Paris, Kentucky, a place we're very familiar with. However, we weren't familiar with a lot of these wrestlers, huh, Dean? No, there were, there were quite a few whose names we didn't catch. Yes. And I had only seen before a couple guys at PTW, but usually as ring crew or security or just the guy that talks a lot of shit on Facebook and <laughs> sends out messages. To just It's clearly sending out everybody in his message book. He sends out a message, and then i got to drag it to the delete column about once a week. Yeah, that is annoying, isn't he it? He knows who he is. Yeah, that's annoying. But uh, anyway, so tonight we got to see some students from the um, you know Legends Academy. Larry D. runs the Legends Academy there in Paris, Kentucky, where he trains professional wrestlers. And uh, we also had some folks down from Northern Wrestling Federation, the uh, future stars uh, up there at the Northern Wrestling Federation Bone Crushers International Wrestling School. So, uh, and then we had some folks that maybe weren't from those places. We don't really know who was who other than the people we're familiar with. So we may uh, be right or wrong about that. We won't speculate about who's from where. But we'll do our best. But they should uh, have like a Survivor Series style match. It's future stars versus future legends. Ooh, okay. So be very one-sided, I think. Yeah, I think the future legends would whoop up on them stars. You know, I'm yeah. I mean, someone's always got to win. It would just be an idea. Okay, fair enough. As all long right. as they had fun doing it, and that's they all that matters. Something. <laughs> and that's kind of tonight. What tonight was about. So you know, we could. Um, be very negative tonight. However, we're going to do our best not to do that because we're, in general, we're not negative about wrestling, even when it's not the greatest in the world. However, you know, there was a few kind of, oops, sorry, buddy. There, there was a few kind of hiccups on the pickups in just about every match tonight. So we'll uh, we'll try our best to kind of give constructive criticism as opposed to just dickhead criticism like most people do on podcasts. So uh, anyway, well, Dean, you want to get us started? Let us know what happened first. More. Should we have John describe the atmosphere tonight? Describe the atmosphere. John, John. let's hear what. Describe the atmosphere. So it was the typical, uh, you know, sportatorium feel, but there was a different scent in the air tonight, (laughs) as if, you know, it's a Friday night, straight after work, you know, you've been out plowing the fields, you want to get the kids to some entertainment, and so you brought them straight here without washing up, which is fine. You know, I came straight from work, too. You don't smell like a mule, though, John. The aroma was uh, very strong in the building. Between that and the cigarette smoke we were smelling, like, the whole time, um, I mean, I don't know where that was coming from, but there was cigarette smoke just in the whole place. It smelled real weird. It kind of smelled like buildings used to smell when I was a kid. When yeah. you go to a show or something like that, you know, and it smelled like you know cigarettes and bo. When you would be sitting in the non-smoking section of a restaurant that was right next to the smoking <laughs> section of the yeah. restaurant. Yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, but it was uh, a, a mix of crowd of people we've seen on the reg down at PTW, and some that I have never seen before at all. So I think the free admission with the toy really brought out uh, all kinds of different family members who might not be able to afford a weekly show at PTW, which is a good thing, Yeah, I think. Okay. Also, they had said that, like, kids five and under were free, I believe, too, so that's another reason why. They're free if they brought a toy. Yeah, that's true, too. 
So anyway, um, well, that, you know, was a little weird as far as the odor in the air, but, you know, these things happen. Go to a wrestling show, you're going to smell weird shit. That's You're going to see weird shit, you're going to experience weird shit, and you're going to smell weird shit, and that's just the way it goes. So, Dean, what was the first weird shit that we experienced as far as seeing? Well, the Shovel Boys came out. Oh, that was awesome! We were not expecting that they were going to be no, there. No, no, I had my shovel in the trunk, and I didn't bring it in. I had no idea. So the Big Bad, Too Tall, Brandon Tiger, Austin Tyler Morris, ATM, both came out and they took some time on the mic. And we got the, he's big and he's bad and he's too tall, chant going for Tiger, and he stopped us. He said, I'm not resting tonight, we're here for these guys. He shut us down, you know, he's babyface now. He was like, he's like, oh, it's babyface, bro? Okay. You know, and so he just starts putting everybody over, because that's what you're supposed to do, so... He let us know that he was very excited about tonight because uh, him and ATM, which I don't know if uh, many of us were familiar, they have been helping train some of the wrestlers at Legends Academy. I didn't know that. Yeah, at least I did. Well, we we figured out that we we figured out the part they were training them with yeah. like, later. Now they can't quite do it the way that they can, so we'll we'll get into that what we're talking about here in a second. But uh, but Dean, what was? I mean, of course we had the national anthem, right? And uh, the longest national the anthem. Filled with blood. Yeah, they filled with blood, of course, you know. And uh, it's it's like it swells with blood, you know. So yes. uh, this is like like pride, you know. So that's pretty awesome. But uh, anyway, what was the first match, Dean? Icon versus the unforeseen Perez. Yeah, now Icon's a guy we're familiar with. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a pest. It's kind of his character um, in real life, and uh, we had unseen, unforeseen Perez is another guy that we're familiar with, who is uh, one of the Legends Academy, uh, you know, uh, students. And Icon is from Northern Wrestling Federation, so we see him a lot. Um, gosh, I'm really impressed with Perez. I gotta say, I was like, so the opening exchange. They did, like, a, you know, kind of running the ropes type of spot. You know, Icon came out, he was talking shit, and then Perez came out. Everyone loves him. And uh, they did this kind of, you know, run the ropes spot, drop down, you know, tackle, fucking uh, uh, leapfrog, and then drop kick. And, uh, man, Perez was barely even breathing heavy. I was yeah. like, wow, this got some good conditioning, you know? Pretty good stuff. Like, we've said before that Perez has improved a lot since the first time we saw him. For sure. I almost, he's improved so much that I almost feel like he had been in wrestling training, had done some work, and then took a year off, and we just saw him knocking the dust off. And then that he just say like it came back to him because he's improved quite a bit. Yeah, quite. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, we've seen him in a couple matches that were very bad, you know. And uh, this was not very bad. This was pretty good. It, at least his part was awesome. So he did a great job. And you know, John, how did this crowd feel about Icon? Do you they, share those sentiments? Uh, they hated Icon. Why? And because uh, he comes out and he starts calling everybody sheep. And, like, talking down to them, acting as if he's got all this money with his, you know, I'm, I'm assuming uh, fake shiny jewelry. Uh, but what I was more surprised by was the reaction that Perez gets now down yeah. there. Because initially, when he first came out, he was a heavily booed. And now he is heavily cheered, which I did not expect to, uh, you know, to hear from a Paris, Kentucky crowd. Uh, no offense, everyone in Paris, but I just didn't think you'd get behind a character like himself. Yeah, it's 2019, and that means in the you know the, the southern parts of Kentucky or central Kentucky or wherever the fuck we are, you know, uh, you can cheer 
a uh, you know homosexual black dude character, you know. So I mean, that's that's pretty cool. I'm really happy about that because I mean, we've been to shows down there before where Reverend Ronnie Roberts has had fans, you know, say awful things to him that I would never repeat. So you know, it's kind of surprising, you know, like you said, that uh, that they were very accepting of him. I mean, he's like hugging people and giving yeah. high fives. People want to get pictures with him and stuff. I'm like that's awesome. But it also goes to show. That PTW knows how to book baby faces. You know, they know how to make sure that people hate the heels and people love the baby faces. You rarely see somebody kind of cross that line, you know, where it's like, oh, they're a bad guy, but everybody wants to cheer them. So that, that rarely happens. So, or vice versa. But, Nathan, you got any notes on this uh, match here? Uh, I do. Uh, one, one spot that I thought uh, kind of involved a little bit of a slip up, but I think they recovered from it really well. Uh, Perez was going to Irish whip uh, Icon into the opposite turnbuckle they were in, and it looked like Icon was supposed to stop, block the Irish whip, and then whip Perez. But as he stopped, he, he like was kind of leaning into it, and his grip got slipped out of Perez. And there was a moment where they kind of like couldn't really like restart that move, like stop, grab his hand again. So Icon stumbled backwards and then kind of sat in the turnbuckle and then Perez moved in quick, but it's not like, had he ran in with like a drop kick or a clothesline when Icon wasn't really ready for it and they were still kind of re- like fumbling, it could have connected hard or it would not been serious, but it could have been worse than how he kind of closed in quick and then was giving him knees to the body where they were safe and it worked they recovered from it really well and really safe, in my opinion. There was a lot of that going on tonight where guys either forgot what was going on or they weren't in position right or not doing what they were supposed to do. A lot of feeding issues tonight with some of the bad guys. And, uh, you know, it, it does go to show, like, nothing ever goes right when you're out there. I mean, nothing goes perfect. That's, that's a rare thing to happen where everything goes perfect. And so the way that a wrestler recovers from those situations or hides them is kind of tells you a little bit about them and how they're trained. So that that's good stuff. There was also a move that Icon hit that I don't know if it was because it looked like he was going to hit a power slam, but it looked more like a, a power slam, but a belly to belly esque power slam where he yeah. came off the ropes and he picked him and turned into it. So I couldn't tell if they just mess up the power slam or he's trying to do his own his own thing that's like a power slam that is a belly to belly. But I think it has a lot of potential because it's something different that you've never seen the guy hit the ropes and the guy hit go right from a guy hitting a ropes to a belly to, to a turning belly to belly. So I don't know if it was a if it was a mistake or just him trying a new move. I think that has a lot of potential. Okay, I like it. It's interesting how Sometimes when something doesn't go right, as far as like, oh, are you, uh, am I hitting, who's taking that, what, you know, that kind of stuff, the hesitation. Sometimes when those moves don't work that way, that well, it looks more realistic sometimes, you know, and that's kind of cool. So I like that. I was disappointed that Icon didn't uh, feed the inner Mark in me, who he knows that I appreciate his version of the Three Amigos. He got real close to doing it tonight. Stopped before he got to the third. Well, that's because he's a heel, John. He I know. I want you to get doing, what you want. He was doing it to spite me. And definitely, definitely you and uh, Eddie Guerrero. But at least the double, you know, 
the double at least worked. Yeah, that's two thirds. Yeah, we're almost there, halfway, it's more true. than halfway. It's true. What else happened, Dean? There, there was a spot in the match where uh, Perez would hit a atomic drop, and then he hit a clothesline, and then they kind of got back up, and he hit an atomic drop again, <laughs> and then a kick. And it kind of reminded me of, like, if you're playing, like, a wrestling video game and you know there's, like, a, a clothesline or a kick that you want to hit yourself and you also know that the atomic drop stuns him for a second. So you hit that and then you hit, like, your down back B, but you accidentally only hit back B, so they do the clothesline first and then you got to pick him up and do it and start over and do it again. And you're just constantly going, like, okay, atomic drop. Okay, and then, like, just the way they repeated it one after the other, I thought it looked a little like, oh, okay. Before every before every big clothesline, he's like, Tommy drop, super kick. Picks him up. <laughs> Tommy drop, clothesline. I like it. That's funny. What else happened here, Dean? Uh, Perez hit a really good-looking top rope uh, elbow drop. Yeah, man. And he didn't even go for a pin. Like He kind of like used that moment to hype the crowd up. Mm-hmm. And then usually we'll see him like hype the crowd up, go for a pin, and get a two-count. And then we bury the fact that they didn't know to go to the pin fast enough, and they want to talk the crowd, and they're making rookie mistakes. So it's good that he didn't go to go for the pin. Yeah. He kind of picked him up, and then they did a couple, you know, they fought back and forth a little bit. Most of our notes I have uh, go to the finish. Did you guys right, have anything else you wanted to say about that? Yeah, John, you got anything? You jump in here? No, I mean, I thought it was an entertaining match. Okay. So I don't know what the move is called. We had Icon down on his back. Perez goes to the top. And it's like he cartwheeled off the top because he basically put his head in the turnbuckle, flipped his legs out, and landed a splash. Just like a reverse splash or a twisted bliss. The twisted bliss. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Which is Alexa Bliss's finishing move. Well, it used to be. I don't know if it is be, anymore. Yeah. When she was uh, Tinkerbell, like, you know, she was like a little... She had like a little tutu that she wore. Yeah. And she was like a... You know, raw, raw baby face. I've definitely seen her do it. Like, I whether it's like that opening montage of SmackDown, or I've seen clips of her doing that. Before. That's pretty cool. I like it. Mm-hmm. It's a nice variation from, I think, because I feel like a super kick used to be his finishing move. Okay. Or DDT. So I think Twisted Bliss is a nice change of pace. Yeah, that fits his character perfectly. That's For awesome. Sure. So, all right, cool. Well, what was the next match, Dean? The next match. Was James Bo? What? James Bo? Because it's not Jimbo. Wasn't Jimbo, huh? It's James. God, how disappointed were you, D- or were you, John? I was so disappointed. I'm so used to Jimbo being the most friendly man in the building. Yeah. And he had a different shade of mean on tonight. Yeah, and it was, uh, James Cross, I believe, was James his name. Cross. And he had a Star Lord jacket on. And then he had Undertaker gear on. <laughs> he did. He had the Undertaker gear. You know, black singlet with the black leather pants. Yeah. So I, was ready, not, I was ready to go for a last ride. Even a Western yeah, Undertaker. I was going to say, it wasn't even a Western Undertaker. He was a space Undertaker. And he wasn't even a Star Trooper Undertaker because we've seen that too. Man, that was cool. Well, who was his opponent, Dean? Nathaniel something. I didn't catch the last It was name. Rose because he reminded me of Adam Rose. So it might be one of Adam Rose's uh, random children that he has. Rosebud? His little yeah. rosebuds? Wait, he <laughs> All the seeds he planted around the uh, <laughs> around Kentucky area. Battle on the border. <laughs> he, he, uh, so this guy came, comes out to Kiss from a Rose by Seal, which is a tremendous song. 
I don't know that it fits this guy at all, because uh, he's then he's doing like basically the uh, bro, what, what was the guy Dude Love? He's basically doing the Dude Love gimmick, right? Yeah, because he's got like uh, you know like tie dye type pants, and he gets in the ring and he starts dancing. And him and Aaron, referee Aaron, just have like a fucking. They just start dancing away. What the hell was this? Yeah, this match had a lot of hokey pokey. So much hokey pokey. Hokey pokey the match. Yes, yes. This is where this is where we figured out that ATM had to have been training this Rose guy. Yeah, but you know, we point he pointed out to us that you know nobody touches him, his Memphis, you know, and that's true. And it's like they didn't have the timing right on the hokey pokey because they went way too long on this hokey pokey. Dean, like right in the middle of it's like five minutes gone, five minutes gone. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was amazing. Um, so Jimbo or Jim Cro- James Cross is a guy that we're familiar with for, at Northern Wrestling Federation. He usually does a babyface character up there where he's just like a mark. That's kind of his character. Is he's just fucking mark, and he's the nicest guy in the world. But he's not dumb, which is awesome. Um, and so this time, he's an egotistical jerk, right? Yeah. Complete opposite. Man, that was it was very surprising. We, we didn't like it. And he looked at us. He's like, you came all the way down here for this. And we were thinking the same thing, you know? So, <laughs> we sure did, buddy. <laughs> Just kidding. So um, <laughs> anyway, well, we are coming up on the most evil place on earth. If you're listening to us for the first time, there's this place on the on the outskirts of Cynthiana, Kentucky, called the Evergreen Motel. And the devil lives there. So we're going to go see the devil, and you guys get to listen to some uh, ads. So we'll see you on the other side, okay? All right, we're back from seeing the devil. John, it's been a while. How's the devil doing? He's good. But did you see Alexi Green? She yeah. has been working out. Her body is tight. Yeah, well, she was, it's always that way. What do you mean? I know, but it was like, ba ba boom. Yeah, Lexi Green works at the Evergreen Motel, you know, because it's the most evil place on earth. And there's a portal to hell, and there's there's also a wall of televisions that kind of is like portals into different wrestling events. So was the devil watching this show tonight? Uh, he was not. He wasn't? No. He was watching Battle on the Border? Yeah. <laughs> Lexi's family owns the Evergreen <gasps> Motel. Oh my god, Dean! So, like, Honest Donnie Green probably is the manager or some shit, yeah. you know? Oh my god, you, you busted this thing wide open. Wow, that was incredible. Free it's cable a- and a mini fridge in your room. <laughs> Gentleman, Honest Donnie Green sent you. <laughs> he walks in and just hits you with a chair. <laughs> You're sleeping. You get you get for a wake up call and it's Donnie Green walking in calling you a lesbian and hitting you with a chair. You got four teeth now, don't you, girl? <laughs> oh man, that would be amazing. I want to stay at that hotel. You go to check in. I want the room with the cable TV and the mini fridge. Honey, room suites already booked. <laughs> That's, That's the classiest one. That's uh, the one by the elevator. It's a one-story building, Donnie. That <laughs> one so, goes to the basement, you know? <laughs> gotta, gotta put them dead bodies somewhere, you know? The, 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 uh, the bowling alley next door can only handle so many heads at once, you know? So, yeah. Anyway, well, <laughs> it's always good to see that place. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to ads while we were hanging out at the Evergreen Motel with the Green family and the devil. Um, but uh, it's a shame he wasn't watching PTW tonight because he, I think he would have liked this next match. What was the next match, Dean? Well, we're still talking about... Oh, shit! James. 
and Nathan. And there was, yeah, a lot of hokey pokey in this match. That would have been a good segue, right? Yeah. <laughs> it would have been. I fucked it up. Sorry. And, and at one point in the match, James yells at uh, Aaron, I'll be the wrestler, you be a ref. It's fair. And for, for whatever reason, just a, a weird out version of the West Side Story song, instead of Jet, ref. So Aaron's singing, when you're a ref, you're a ref all the way from your first living breath to your last time. And that explains why he was dancing so much tonight. How great would that be? <laughs> We're going to write that song, guys. That is amazing. Yeah, I, that is, I am a massive fan of West Side Story, and that is just amazing, by the way. I am really happy with that. So, uh, yes, you know, holy crap. Um, man, I wish we had that whole song written right now somehow and we could just magically put that I in. I remember when I amazing. made that note, I was like, if I want Andy's reaction on the podcast, <laughs> like if I lean in over Delta, I'll get that great laugh. I can only think of the chords, I can't think of the rest That's of That's amazing. Anyway, all right. So, go ahead, John. I'm sorry. Oh, so I have a bone to pick here. Okay. With Aaron, the oh, ref. Wow. So I don't understand this, Aaron. You danced with Nathan the entire match. You did. Full on groping each other, hand <laughs> and palm, hand and palm. Consensual groping. Refs. <laughs> and you guys just, you know, shimmied and shaked and just, you know. Dan waltzed, waltzed all around the ring. And anytime Jimbo would try to get any type of affection from you, you would say, I'm a ref. I'm a ref. You can't touch me. It's true. So why were you letting Nathan touch you, but James, who just wanted to help get clarity on the match, you shoved away? It's strange, too, because James is not Puerto Rican, so he can't be a shark, you know? I don't know what rhymes with sharks that would work in wrestling, so there isn't anything, right? Yes. Shark, shark boy. <laughs> All right, awesome. All right, what happened in the match, team? Jesus Christ. So at, at oh, one good. point, uh, Nathaniel says something to Aaron, and then James says, "Don't listen to a fool. Listen to your champ." Yes. What is he the champion of? The champion of Chud? Oh wait, no, that's somebody else. He's a, he's the champion of Star Lord. He's the Star Lord. I don't he's know. He's the Star Champion. He's the Star Champion. I don't know. He's Starman. I don't know, James. Um, We'd like you if you could message us, send us an email, please, and let us know what you're the champion of. Yeah, you can email us by the way at theroadhomefw at gmail.com. That's a real email address. So please explain yourself, anyone. And if we get enough emails, maybe we'll do a listener a listener question <laughs> Hilarious episode. Joke. Hilarious. If we get enough emails, we may open one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude, what else happened? Oh, man. Uh, this one's fun. <laughs> no, it's so, uh, <laughs> In this it's match, not. I said before that there was kind of a little bit of a spot in, a, in the match with Icon and Perez where they recovered very well. There was a running the rope spots in this match where uh, Nathaniel didn't really turn into the rope, so he kind of his chest was up against the ropes. And then uh, James just did a backstabber, and it looked like 
Nathaniel Nathan wasn't really ready for it, so that kind of landed a little bit rough. Uh, they did a two count out of that. But eventually the match would end when James did a pin with his feet on the second, on the first First row, row. Yeah. yeah, smart. Because the ref can't see that. And it's funny because that Nathaniel dude was like, hey, you just feet on the ropes. I'm like, brother, you were getting pinned. How do you know? Yeah. And John, you had an explanation, yeah, right? Yeah, he felt the pressure of gravity from James's feet being elevated. You could feel the pressure on his, uh, you know, shoulders, shoulders, yeah. uh, and rear side that he was being schoolboyed on. It's like no one can pin that hard. Yeah, trust me, exactly. I know. <laughs> I've pinned harder before, so I know. That's awesome. All right, so Jimbo wins, or James, excuse me, he yeah, wins, and he is so happy and proud of himself. And uh, you know, he won fair and square. So there you go. And Aaron didn't see it. He, he let didn't everyone. see it. He, he grabbed his eyeballs and pulled them to the side and let everyone know. He does. Now, John, you you were liking this hand motion that Aaron the ref does where he grabs his eyes and says, I didn't see it. And, like, so, <laughs> tell me about this. So there was an old cartoon back in the 90s called, Ah! Real Monsters. That was like a Dana and Housen impression there. Ah! Uh, so anyways, one of the monsters... I don't think that sounded like me at all. <laughs> one of the monsters on that show... He didn't have eye sockets, so he carried around his eyeballs in his hands. So every time that Aaron grabs his eyeballs and pulls them out to show the wrestler that he didn't see it, because his eyeballs are now in his hands, it reminds me of that monster from the cartoon every single time. It reminds me of Pan's Labyrinth, that crazy creature with all the food. Don't eat it, man. Don't eat that food. You're fucking in trouble if you eat that food. And then that... Do you guys ever see that movie? I haven't. I, I think I know the, the creature that you're talking Dude, about. Pan's Labyrinth is a fucking terrifying movie. And uh, there's a part where a guy gets killed with a bottle, and it is like one of the most brutal scenes you'll ever see in a movie. Not for kids, that movie, but it's very good. Like a Coke bottle? Uh, no, like a whiskey bottle. Basically, this dude just bashes another dude's face in over and over again with a whiskey bottle, and they just show it, and it's awful. But it's really scary what? in a good way. There's a movie that plays like kind of in reverse. Memento? No, okay. but I know in that movie a guy gets his face smashed with a fire hydrant, and it's really, really brutal. Oh wow! I, I, I have a movie where there's a face smash in as well. Yeah. Uh, have you guys seen the movie Drive? Ryan yeah, I remember that. <laughs> He's in the elevator. And he just starts like kicking the dude's face in. He's got that scorpion jacket. That, that's fucking cool. Man. Drive is so good. Is it though? I, th- I think so. I liked it. I didn't think it was all that. Like everybody freaked out it wasn't about all it. that. Like, in a bag of chips. There, I was like, oh my god, it's the greatest movie of all time. And it's like not that great. But so foggy tonight. I yeah. Saw, I saw a clip that was talking about movies that you don't realize have sad endings, and they explain how if you get shot in the abdomen the way the guy did in Drive, that your chances of survival are very low. So even though he drives away at the end of the movie, they're like, he probably died. It took like eight days. Yeah. To it took, he probably died about six hours later from blood loss. <laughs> All right. What was that? What are we at here? Uh, Casey King going up against Mad Trucker Joe Kilgore. Yeah. Mad Trucker. Um, <clears throat> so, Casey King, uh, can you guys, describe, John, can you describe this guy? Yeah. He is new to wrestling and he's got it. Because he had his uh, Wrestling for Dummies oh, book yeah. out 
Yeah. He had a fanny pack. So he learned in this book that you got to do all of the indie things. He Googled, he Googled wrestling, and, and he was like, oh, this stuff. He Googled okay. wrestling and bought a book. <laughs> you need to have a fanny pack. You need to have kick pads. Mm-hmm. You need to have a funny, witty-looking T-shirt that people really catches the eye. But... He's still educating himself, which I think is very good. And it came into play a lot in this match, where he hadn't got to the certain chapter yet to learn how to reverse or get out of certain situations. That's right. Um, not to get booted in the face. Yeah, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, he hasn't got to that chapter. We'll, we'll That's that technically part. not his fault. Yeah, there's, you know, this was, this was a rough one as far as, like, wasn't very smooth. However... Um, I think we learned that the trucker dude, it might have been his one of his first his matches first ever. And if yeah. that's the case, that was not bad for his first match. I mean, yeah. was, and, you know, as a trucker, you know, most roads aren't smooth. So it makes sense that there would be rough patches in this Fuck one. Off. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's probably on meth anyway. So, I mean, yeah. you know, all them truckers are on meth. But he had a trucker hat that said, American Badass. And this dude wrestled in jeans. They were like wrestling jeans. They weren't just like, you know, regular jeans. And he had a belt buckle. He was wrestling with a belt buckle on his damn jeans. And do you tell me about this guy's hair? Well, it was very serious if you looked at him head on. <laughs> right to the face. I'm like, this guy, professional it's trucker. Business. Yeah. He means business. All business. <laughs> and then he turned around. I was like, now that motherfucker likes to party. <laughs> that guy fucks, right? Yeah. As the kids say, he fucks hard. Yeah, he had a mullet, and this mullet was out of control. So um, this guy was, uh, uh, John, I think you pointed out that, you know, the crowd really identified with this guy. Yes, if there is anyone in PTW besides Victor Boggs, that, Morgus, yeah. whatever, yeah, 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 if there's anyone that they relate to more, it's him, this trucker dude. Oh, man, they loved him. And I, everyone stood up and was like, oh, my God, look at this guy. And I, I don't. I don't know who this guy is, but they all seem to immediately gravitate towards him, which is at, great. At the intermission, a lot of people are taking photos with this guy. Yeah. And I think the, the main reason is because now they can finally go to their barber and be like, this. <laughs> this is what I want. Because that is, you, you don't find that in the Great Clips book they give you of hairstyles. That's not in People magazine. That is it. <laughs> They pretended they were trying to take a photo and accidentally taking a video where they panoramed around. <laughs> Could no, you just no, do no, a spin for us? <laughs> this right here. The only thing he was missing was a can of skull yeah. in the back pocket empty and a mustache. Mountain, empty Mountain Dew bottle, too. That We were thinking about that. That'd be awesome if a wrestler actually dipped while he's wrestling, which we've seen that before, but not like blatantly. If they're dipping while they're wrestling, spitting in a Mountain Dew can or their Mountain Dew bottle. That would be the best thing ever. And then, if it was a bad guy, they could use the spit Ooh. as, like, mist. Like, Tajiri style. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Do you remember when Tommy Dreamer drank the Undertaker's yeah. dip out of his oh. dip cup? So gross. I was so, um, I just interviewed this guy the other day named Greg Oliver and he's a wrestling historian. He was talking about Stan Hansen and how he's terrifying. And I was like, well, you know why I'm scared of him? It's because, I don't know if you guys have ever chewed tobacco, but if you get it on your lips, it stings really bad. It's not, like, good. Like kind of, like, burns your lips and it hurts. And uh, this fucking Stan Hansen would have the chaw just dripping all over his face and shit. And he'd be spitting in people's face. I'm like, oh, my God, that must hurt. He's a badass. I'm afraid of him. You know? 
this guy needs chalk. That's what we're trying to say. Yeah, so, for uh, sure. Anyway, now his opponent, like you said, was kind of like a, he was a bad guy, and he was, uh, you know, interested in learning how to wrestle, I guess. You yeah, know? and that does not make him a bad guy. Just wanted to learn. Yeah, but... Education pays well, in Kentucky. But he was kind of a chicken shit, you know? He, he was. He was begging off. He went in the crowd, gave somebody a little show, right? Right. He did. So somebody must have brought three toys to donate because they got an up-close and personal view of this guy's junk. Yeah. Good times. All right, Dean, tell us about the match, will you? So, Dean, if you would have brought one more toy. There was a a spot in the match where you could kind of see that they were trying to communicate with each other. And uh, Casey King threw Joe into the turnbuckle, and Joe kind of kicked out of the turnbuckle and kind of... Threw his legs back so that you could float over Casey as he came in for a clothesline. But when you do that, they need to be kind of quick about it. It needs to be by surprise. But he threw him into the turnbuckle and then, like, took a minute to, like, charge up his clothesline, kind of. So by the time he was running in, he almost got kicked in the face because he didn't really duck. He threw him. You're supposed to be almost, like, right behind him so he has time. But yeah, so that that spot was a little bit of a hiccup in that match. They recovered kind of, they kind of didn't recover from that. They just were like, let's forget that happened and we'll just press one to this now. Right. And and it seemed to me, I could be wrong, but it seemed to me that they got a little lost in this one as well and they weren't sure what to do next and stuff like that. Um, You know, these things happen. This whole night is, the whole point of it is to give them, you know, experience in front of a crowd. So you're not going to shit on them or something like that. It was just... Hopefully they learn from their mistakes and stuff like that. And they, because that was the one thing that was a little scary about tonight because there were some timing-ish, timing and proximity issues that seemed dangerous. And we'll talk about one of them at the end of this match that was like, oh, my God. But it just, you know, that was the only concerning thing is that, gosh, we want you to, we don't want anybody to get hurt. You know what I mean? So, and wrestling training and wrestling period is extremely dangerous, especially if, you know, you're all hyped up. You're having your first match. You're you're full of chaw. You got your belt buckle on, and you're kicking your you know, flowing, and, and you're kicking dudes in the face. <laughs> you know? But uh, anyway, dude, tell us more about the match, please. <laughs> uh, sorry, guys. I'm That's all right. Notes. Well, we got uh, some terrible weather here too. Like I said, so uh, yeah, it's been really interesting. You guys don't know this, but. This has been kind of a terrifying car ride home because every once in a while, the fog just encompasses the car and I can't see anything. But luckily, I am a tremendous driver, so yeah, we're fine. You, we're you fine. don't get hot-headed at all. Not not on the way home. No, just on the way there. Yeah. That's where you want to go see wrestling and we want to be there. Somewhere. That's right. I want to get there. Scos, get there. Get there. Did you, did you find your notes? Dean, did you find your notes? Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm as happy to talk about whatever. Well, I just they both, I was uh, there was a lot there was a lot of different back and forth, and then uh, they both hit very similar moves on each other where they had their opponent set up like it was going to be a Death Valley driver, but they kind of like swung their legs back and would do like a, end up in a cutter. Uh, TKO, yeah, yeah, and then uh, there's variations though. Yeah. Uh, James, uh, Casey, Casey King did it onto like his knee. That was cool. It was cool. It looked like, uh, Joe didn't necessarily get his knees or his, or anything down to stop him so that he kind of like his chin landed on the knee and looked like his entire weight landed on the knee. That's true. That's true. And then when, uh, when the trucker dude did it, 
he like did a flat back bump. Yeah. It was almost it was like almost like a TKO like you know, usually a TKO I think you bump a little different than that, but I, I don't know. It looked good though, it was cool. You know? It did look good. Yeah, that 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 stuff looked good. Um, John, you got any comments on any of this stuff here? Uh I remember the ref was very angry in this match. Oh, yeah, we had a different ref, right? Yeah, he apparently did not know the same song that Aaron was singing, and so he was a little frumpy about it. <laughs> yeah. He, he doesn't, he's not part of the refs yet. Yeah. yeah. You know? So he's he's thinking about joining the Sharks, though, you know, yeah. but he's not Puerto Rican, so you can't do that, you know? <clears throat> uh, but, yeah, I mean, especially uh, if this was the was Joe. Killjoy, Killjoy. If it was Kill his Gore. very, if it was his very first match, I thought it was, you know, it was decent. It was awesome if it was his first yeah. match. I mean, goddamn, you know. But uh, but the finish, I don't know if we're there. Are we there yet? Yeah, we're yeah. Okay, finish. so tell us about the finish because the finish was terrifying. So a couple of different times, uh, Joe would set up for this. Joe Kilgore was set up where you could tell he was kind of stopping his foot. He was going to do some type of a kick, a super kick, and it ended up honk, being kind of honk. honk. Honk, he was doing that. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like a big boot or, you know, a bicycle kick. But he just brought his foot up and it fully 100% connected with uh, Casey's nose and right center of his face. He kicked his face off, yeah. So, off uh, his face. <laughs> off his face. Oh, man. That was, that was me and Dean both looked at each other. We're like, oh, my God. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, that was a – and like I said, we just want everybody to be okay. It, it, you know, there's nothing wrong with hitting hard. You know, we got we got a match later where there was some really hard hitting stuff, and it was awesome. You know, but there's what's uh, what's William Regal say? He says, you know, I'm going to hit you very hard in very safe places, and your face isn't one. Because <laughs> so. yeah. you know what? Good for him. You know, a lot of guys get thumbtacks in their shoes, but this guy now has a tooth yeah. buried into the bottom of his boot. And right. I think that is something to be proud of. I can walk around and show everybody how, how badass he is because he's got some I got Casey's teeth in my, <laughs> my boot. All right. What, what's next, man? I don't have teeth in this boot yet. You want to keep talking? <laughs> <clears throat> the next match took us to a match between Judas Kane. Okay. He had two masks on. Oh, yeah. His mask had a mask. And? Yeah. And everyone's favorite. This guy is probably one of the the most over guys at uh, for the young the young kids coming up. Victor Vargas, the that's Appalachian right. headhunter. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the crowd loves this dude, right? And and that's awesome. And he's pretty good. Yeah. We saw him in some matches at the TPI. Some of the like kind of side matches there. He's been wrestling at Rockstar Pro. He's been wrestling all over the place, and I mean, he's doing a pretty good job. Yeah, I, I you know, the character works good. The in-ring stuff's good, and I will say this: Victor Vargas made this match what it was. All right, um, because the other guy, what was his name again? I'm sorry, Judas Kane. Judas Kane had some problems in this match, and again, <clears throat> we're not trying to shit on anybody or anything. It's just kind of hard not to mention the fact that he didn't. He just, it's like he wasn't where he was supposed to be, and, you know, he didn't move when he needed to move, and so it made it really tough on Victor to try to kind of make this good. Yeah. Um, I, one of my favorite spots in this match that I thought, oh, my God, he's killed Victor Vargas was that leg drop. 
that was like the my favorite part of this yeah. whole match is that you know and well basically that was during the heat section is that you know Victor came out he fired up he started doing some moves and shit but then eventually bad guy cut him off and uh, hit this leg drop and that was awesome you know but other than that. I don't know, man. I, it looked like Aaron was trying to figure out a way to not obviously check on Victor after that. Yeah, it, it did too. Like, yeah, like he couldn't really, he couldn't really go down and like put his hands to get the hand squeeze, but to get the Iggy. Yeah, yeah. he because uh, Victor Vargas is playing dead at that point. You know, he was like just just selling dead, and so I was like, oh my god, is he knocked out? Because <laughs> I yeah. mean, that dude crushed him with that leg drop. So. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, tell us about the match, Steve. What one, one thing that happened early in the match that I would have tweaked a little differently is Victor was avoiding, like, clothesline swings from the big guy. Then he would duck it, turn, and he would chop him. And then the Judas Kane would sell the chop like it hurt and then angrily try and clothesline him back. If you're going to build this guy up, I mean, with his size, he should have just no-sold the chop. And, been, and then swung a clothesline, and then Victor could have kept, and it could have been what you typically see, the David versus Goliath, the smaller guy, slowly working down the big guy. It didn't make sense that he was selling like the, the strikes were hurting, and he was getting pissed off. He should have just no-sold it and then gone to attack, in my opinion. There was another part I liked, too. Um, I, I agree with you, Dean. I, I like that. That's some good, uh, good analysis there. Um, there was another part that I liked too, um, where the the Judas guy he uh, he had Victor Vargas in the corner and he did the like charging uh, lariat, but he wound up the lariat like last second. He like did a wind up of it, which is pretty cool. You don't see that very often. Usually that move looks like awful, and and even like when really great wrestlers like Roman Reigns do it, it looks fucking stupid. It looks like hey, I love you so much, I'm gonna run over here and hug you, you know. And uh, he made it look pretty, pretty evil there that first time, anyway. Yeah, John, you got any, got any comments, uh, questions, concerns, anything? <laughs> no, this match wasn't my favorite match of the night. It was rough, huh? Yeah. But like we said, Victor, you know, did the best with what he had. It's like okay, so there's certain levels of being a good pro wrestler, right? There's like. So, let's take Prodigy, for example, right? So, we're going to talk about him a little later. But Prodigy is, like, in the beginning stages of being a very good pro wrestler, where his moves look good. You know, if you put him in there with somebody that's awesome, he can have a really good match. However, the deficiency that you find in in newer pro wrestlers that are on that that path to be a good wrestler is they can't can't bring a guy up to a a better match. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, that's kind of the skill that comes with time, and that can take... 10 years, you know, a uh, guy we talk about, I mean, we'll just take Larry D for example. Larry D is the kind of wrestler that can take a guy, you know, and just, he could take Dean or I and have a good match with us somehow. Well, that's so, me. Oh, wait, you too, John. He okay. could do it with you too. I feel so. like I could really sell some Larry D shots <laughs> if he helped me out with it. My point is, is that he's so good, he could move us to where we needed to be and he could make us do all that stuff and still make it look good. When you're a young wrestler and you're in that situation, it doesn't work as smoothly because you don't have those years of experience to, to know what to do in these situations. So this is good experience for Victor 
you know, and it's a good experience for the other guy too, uh, Judas, because, you know, he gets to work with someone who's better than him. That's the only way you can get better as a wrestler. And, you know, Victor gets to work with someone who, you know, isn't quite at his level. So he gets to get better by kind of learning how to do that a little bit, you know, kind of cool stuff. I, I like that part. But, and, uh, yeah, and if ahead. you're a wrestler who doesn't quite have what it takes and you want someone to bring you up to that level, mm-hmm. Larry D. Go to the Legends That's true. Academy. Yeah, very much so. There you go. You know, get that Kentucky license and, uh, you know, go down there and train with Larry. He'll teach you, you know, how to do all this stuff. So. Do you need a license to train in Kentucky? Yes, you do, Dean, which is annoying. That's, that's ridiculous. That is really ridiculous, but that's the way it is, man. They, I, what was it? Lee G. Uh, shout out to Lee G. He uh, posted something on Facebook today. I guess he's selling cars now, and he has his commission license to sell cars. And I was like, motherfucker, there is a commission for everything in Kentucky. They got their fingers. Get on the commission. They, they got their fingers in everybody's back pockets taking the goddamn money. You have to get a commission account to become a commissioner. <laughs> Jesus. It's awful. Well, it's anyway. like a pyramid scheme. It is definitely like a pyramid scheme. All right, Dean, tell us more about this match. I don't have a lot more on this match. The finish uh, from the top rope, a diving, spearing headbutt from Victor Vargas, knocked down Judas Kane and knocked him down for three seconds. Victor Vargas' offense is all based around headbutts, and I love that. He reminds me of Ishii, who is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And, like, if you ever watch an Ishii match... He's, you know, he he busts out the headbutt only when he needs to, but they're very similar to the types that Victor Vargas hits. Another guy who's a New Japan wrestler that's a big headbutt guy uh, is, uh, what's his name, Hanma. Hanma is another guy that's, like, basically headbutt, uh, headbutt city is his whole deal. And if you ever want to watch something amazing, watch Hanma versus Ishii from, like, uh, I don't know, I'm thinking, like, it would be in 2015. That's some good shit right there. So there you go, New Japan for you guys. Did we have a break after that? Not just a break. We had single intermission! John, what'd you do during single intermission? I eavesdropped on some of the patrons around us. Oh, what'd you learn? uh, I learned that there was a little boy in front of us who was about eight years old. And he kept, you know, talking to his dad like, Dad, I really want to get a drink. I really want to get a drink. Can Can I go up there and get me a drink, Daddy? And his dad's like, go ahead. And he came back and he's like, Daddy, I can't read. I need you to go up with me. <laughs> Come on, guys. He's eight. Why is he still not able to read? Maybe he's joking. I don't think so. Because then he went back <laughs> up and he's like, all right, I'll figure it out. I'll go talk to him. So he went back up and he's like, they ain't the rat them. They're out. They're uh, out. Okay. But, but I still want to know why he couldn't read the price of whatever I don't item know why he has work. to know how to read. This point. If yeah. he goes up and says, "I want a Pepsi," or I want, they just have pops for a dollar. Yeah. He's not going to go up and order pop. He's going to go up and order. He's going to say Pepsi or say water, and they're going to tell him a dollar. They're not going to say, oh, "I don't think this kid can read." Don't but initially, <laughs> initially, he wanted to go figure out the price so that he could tell his daddy what he wanted to drink. But or don't like, you think that they think that every time someone walks up to them, they're like, "I don't think this guy can read." Anytime someone walks up to the Bare Knuckle Cafe, right? They have these, like, beautiful signs that apparently only us from Ohio are able to read. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's when, hilarious. When you were doing the intro to this episode and saying, we're not going to try and shit on anybody, we're not going to try and bury anybody, John's in the back going, I'm going to bury fucking somebody. <laughs> like, I'm going to the intermission, I'm going to bury this fucking eight-year-old kid. 
listen, I'm a shovel boy at heart. It's so. true. It's true. Yeah, we are shovel boys at heart. It is what I gotta, gotta marry somebody. <laughs> well, uh, on a serious note, I just want to give a quick shout out to Scotty and Veronica. They're going through some shit right now, and uh, they were here tonight toughing it out. So pretty awesome for them to, to see those folks there, and I hope they're doing well. And uh, our thoughts are with you guys, and I hope uh, hope things get better. So uh, anyway, so there's that. But uh, that was single intermission. After that, we had another match, right, Dean? We had another match. We did between the big guys. The big guys. This is for the Rob Bauer. Was this the best match of the night? Um, I don't think so. No. Okay. All right. I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Who, who were the people in this match? Rob Valor. Okay. And the guy whose name we couldn't even catch yeah. then, or when he got, we were listening to for it. We wanted to know what it was. There was chaos. There was other stuff going on, and Del Bass was announcing it, and he kind of just first blended into each other. We were looking for like hoping to hear like a typical first name, and when it just mashed together, we couldn't make out what the guy's name was. It's a shame, you know, because uh, he had, he did some good stuff in this. Um, he said Rob Valor, right? Yes. So Rob Valor is kind of dressed like he's does some kind of kung fu deal, you know? He's like yeah. got the like kung fu like robe looking thing over his gear. He had kick pads, and he he was like getting everybody's asshole like Donnie Green does, man. People hated him immediately. He told some kid, he said, "You better sit down, or I will make you sit down," which I thought was pretty funny. He didn't like it when people clapped. He was not having that, and he did not like his opponent. He wanted to kill him. Yeah. Tried to. Well, they were they were sizing each other up for the first part of the match, and they were pretty even. They were doing the big guy stuff, yeah. right? Hitting the, the ropes. Boy. You know? Um, and, big and, guy. You know, just to describe the other gentleman, he was, in fact, an African-American gentleman, and uh, he was a big dude, too. Had kind of like normal gear on, though. You know, there wasn't anything necessarily special about his gear. It was real shiny. Yeah, it was shiny, you know, but it just was kind of like red, I think, if I remember right. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so they start sizing each other up, like you said. They start hitting the ropes, they, you know, doing the shoulder tackle stuff, and uh, evenly matched, right, Dean? Yeah. And then the guy whose name we don't know got out of the ring, and Rob Valor ran the ropes back and forth. And I thought, like, it looked like the type of thing where when the guy goes out of the ring, the guy will hit the ropes one more time and then do a big dive out on top of him. Uh, but he just kept running the ropes. And then the joke was that he hadn't realized that the other guy had gotten out of the ring. Because they were doing, like, to hit the ropes and one guy would drop down. And this part looked a little, they were, like, starting to kind of trip over each other or they had to slow down to hop over, and then all of a sudden the one guy just rolled out of the ring, and then this guy ran back and forth. Here, here's how you fix that spot. Uh, what you do is you have uh, the one, you know, the gentleman whose name we didn't catch, he, he rolls to the outside and he stays down, alright, so no one can see him, alright, except for, unless you're on that side. And then, when Rob's running the ropes, he's yelling, I'm gonna get you! I'm gonna get you! You know, that's how you fix this, alright? And then he realizes, oh shit, you're not even there. Right? Um, Johnny, have you ever seen a match where a guy... This is an old school thing you don't see very often anymore. Have you ever seen a, a crisscross in a match? You know what that is? I, is? I would just imagine that's where the guys are just running back and forth you got on the ropes. It. Yep, yep. That, like, for example, uh, I think a WWE match that has that would be like Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior. They, they both just do, start doing the crisscross. They the look at each other. steroids kick in and they just... Like, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So this is like a crisscross with one dude. That's what yeah. it was, you know? 
Well, I liked what you said about how we should have kind of rolled down, stayed down, and the guy could keep saying. But the way, the reason I knew that this is what they were going for is because when the other guy was on the outside, he pointed to his brain. Oh, well, that's heel shit. He was out smart, and he was the baby face. What are we doing? Oh. No, the 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 baby face is the smart one. You portray the heel as the dumb one. Okay. I think yeah, it can go either but, way. Yeah, but the idea is that that's why he points at his brain because he's saying he's smart even though he's dumb. You know, so that's that's the deal with that. You know, or uh, usually a heel does that after he's cheated. You know, he cheats somebody and he goes, "Oh, I'm smart." You see, okay. that's where my brain is, man. So uh, that's that. But Remember anyway, when John Murray and Dick Justice did the crisscross. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. I was just going to bring up John Murray doing the crisscross. <laughs> he is awesome. He commented on one of our on that video that I put up today and was like, he called us a sellout. And then I was like, and he said he's going to sue us, but his dog, his lawyer is a dog that is dead. He said, I don't know what that joke is, but uh, he. Yeah. And then I told him, I said, well, you know, we can work something out. He's like, no, it's too late. We're I'm suing you. Uh, for ad money, because he has that, we have a John Murray interview, which is tremendous, by the way. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite interviews we ever did. It's one of the first ones we ever did, too. And I told him, well, I guess then we'll keep all these pizzas that we were going to give you. And he's like, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, John could have commented something nice about that tremendous throw-in we did. (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty good. Where we actually threw in packets of grits and gravy. That was good stuff, yeah. And all the times we got, uh, you know, got him um, streamers and stuff. Miss John Murray. We'll see him again soon. So, uh, anyway. All right, Dean, we we got like two moves into this match. (laughs) Tell us more about it. Uh, There was one part where the guy that we didn't know had a suspicion, and he wanted to interrogate Rob Valor. And Rob Valor was like, nope, spine buster. Went for the the last press, Rob caught him, and did not want to have that conversation. It was, he went right down on his, like, tailbone, too. It looked rough. Some of the bumps in this match looked pretty rough. Uh, just didn't, it wasn't smooth, necessarily. But when Rob started getting into the heat section, where he just started kicking the shit out of the other dude, yeah. that was good. That was good stuff right there. I, I got the feeling that, like, we've seen, like, the, the back kicks. That's something that Dave Chris does and other guys do. And I feel like those are guys that know how to make it look really vicious and hard. And Rob uh, Valor just knew how to kick harder. <laughs> and it just seemed like this guy was just taking a beating because people were saying weak. And he didn't know that way to make that whip crack sound that... It was awesome. You know, forced behind the kick, but not super hard that you're hurting the guy. We hope that some other guys are a little better at that. But he was just, okay, I just got to kick harder. John, you got any thoughts on this? You're awful quiet back there. Come on. Uh, so we were talking about the kicks. Somebody in the audience accused him of kicking like his two-year-old child. Yeah. And I'm sorry, sir, but if your two-year-old child is kicking you like that, you need to uh, maybe break their leg. That kid's going to be a hell of a wrestler. Yeah, or a soccer player. <laughs> oh, I was thinking field goals. Field goals, there you go. Next Pat McAfee. He's got like, a heavy leg. Like That's dangerous, sir. It's fine. And you need to discipline your child. Tell him no. Dude, if his two-year-old kicks that hard, hey, I'm not disciplining anybody. <laughs> hey, hey, buddy. Maybe, maybe, maybe we don't kick today. Okay, okay, okay. No, no, no. No, <laughs> Okay, that's fine. No, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, another spot that I really enjoyed in this match uh, was the guy that we weren't sure of his name. 
his kickout abilities. Oh my god. They were so oh. strong. John, tell us about this. So this there were, is not good. There were multiple times where uh, what's the what's the guy's name? The Rob. Rob would go for pen attempts and he would have the shoulders down. And I I don't know what school this guy has been going to, the guy we didn't know his name, but he would like stomp his feet on the mat and it looked like he was trying to like get some momentum to get his shoulders up, but the wave never caught that end of the current. And so his legs bounced up, but his shoulders stayed flat. Yeah. And the ref would just be like, kicked out. I'm like, he didn't. He didn't kick out. It's like what he was going for is he was stopping his feet down, which should bring his hips up and throw the guy that's on his stomach off of him, breaking the pin. But he just wasn't doing the upper body part where you pull the shoulder up. You know, he wasn't doing that part. So his, his shoulders were down, but the ref... Knew the finish. So the ref was like, oh, two. <laughs> he also wasn't even looking at the shoulders. The ref wasn't either. So. He was just looking at the feet. He's like, oh, well, the yep. feet are up. <laughs> the feet are up. Must be, must be a kick out. All right, that's a two. You know, uh, so that happened three or four yeah. times where a dude didn't even kick out. And uh, the ref's just like, oh, that's, that's two. So The best part is, like, we kind of noticed it the first time. And it, it kind of could pass. And then, like, once we noticed it, we noticed it. <laughs> So he did it one time, and John just burst out laughing. He <laughs> was trying not to laugh at this guy. It was hilarious. That was made fun. us laugh even more. That John is like giggling, and cracking up. It was pretty funny. But I was literally crying from how bad the kickouts were. You know who had a good kickout in this match? There was a false finish, and uh, Rob had a hell of a kickout. Man, he was pretty good. I liked yeah. him. So. Uh, Anyway, well, let's get through this match. Can you tell us more about it here? What, what else uh, happened? Well, this was, this is at, at the finish. After a couple kickouts, Rob did a driver, like where he put up. Reminded me of like the first time I saw this driver, Rikishi was doing it. Yeah. And it's similar to Larry D's running driver without the running, where he got the guy up on his shoulder and just sat out, dropped the guy down on his head, and pinned him. The, I like that. I like to call that the island driver. But there's a lot of names for it. Uh, it's, it's fucking cool. You know, so he did that, and he gets the win. Uh, this time, the guy didn't kick out, and we were like, but did he? Uh, we, we were I confused, mean, yeah, you know. Might have. So, I mean, I don't know who won this match, really, but, uh, you know, Dale Bass announced that Rob Valor won. So, that was pretty cool. Uh, we'll move on to the next match, right, Dean? Oh, we had a talking segment. Oh, okay. What was this? Uh, the ring announcer came out. We've seen this this particular female around. Amy, and Rockstar yeah, Amy. Amy. And she came out, and she brought out... One of the participants in the first ever PTW women's cage match that will happen this Sunday, she brought out Kayla Cassidy. Yep, Kayla Cassidy came out. That's John's favorite wrestler. And, so uh, good. <laughs> and she is a, she's a bitch now, man. What's her problem? She was a bitch the last time we saw her. Yeah, man. She doesn't like Paige. She, she doesn't was... like to share the spotlight is her problem. Oh. Um, she's, you know, kind of the, the we got the jealous kind of thing going on here where she's jealous of Paige. So she's going to beat up Paige. And now they got this match that's coming up. But Kayla Cassidy was saying the match isn't going to happen. She's like, I'm a bad guy, all right? And I don't want to give the crowd what they want, so I'm going to tell them it ain't happening. But uh, It's not going to be in no cage match. That's right. That's what she said. But, John, what did she do to, to Amy? She knocked her out. 
socked her right in the face. Yeah, Amy was not knocked out. Down. No, she, was, down. she was down in the corner for sure. Okay, um, well. But then Kayla was going for the knockout because she, she did was. what? What'd she do, John? She snuck out of the ring, went under the ring, grabbed a chase. <laughs> she walked out. She, she snuck. <laughs> like a little sneaky snake. <laughs> sneaky snake. She got under the ring, grabbed a chair, slid back in as slidey, slithery snake, and wound up to knock out Amy with that chair. But the who saved her, Dean? Paige Jones. Paige Jones came out. Yeah, she speared her, and then they just had a, a break apart brawl where pretty good. Paige and Kayla each were able to break away from the four guys holding them back to get right back in each other's faces, and it was a full part brawl. It's a pretty good one, too. I liked it. You know, uh, this was good stuff. And basically, everyone who had already wrestled came out to try to help break this up, which is a smart deal, too. The people who hadn't wrestled yet did not come out. Very good. Very good. Big big fan of that. And, uh, you know, and we had this pull apart, and then after that, Paige's music hit, and her music is the... Oh no, hell no! Y'all don't up and done it, right? Isn't that the? Isn't yeah. that how you say it? Uh, nappy roots. I yeah, oh, okay, all right. So that's a pretty good song. And she was like yelling at Dale Bass, like turn my song off. And then she started yelling at Kayla Cassidy, and says she's gonna beat her ass. And then she said, turn my song on again. Yeah. <laughs> like, turn off my music. It stops. I'm gonna whoop Kayla's ass on Sunday. Now play my music. <laughs> I just like the beginning part. Oh, that was great. I like this segment. I thought this is great. Yeah. You know, uh, getting people hyped for this uh, this match. And, and, you know, the announcer, Dale Bass, did mention like 3,000 times that there is this uh, jingle brawl coming up. Where this match will be contested in a steel cage <laughs> on December 22nd. You're emoting too much, John. That's not... It's the, you can't do it. It's you have to like take beta blockers in order to actually do his voice because this match will take place on December twenty second <laughs> in a steel cage where all matches will be contested. Okay, all right, under you're a to sleep steel now. cage. <laughs> all right, so Dean, what happened after this uh, this pull apart segment, which was really good, by the way? We had a triple threat match. Oh shit! They put Prodigy, Kid Comet. And Jacob Radcliffe all together in a match. Sean, tell us about these three. So, Prodigy and Kid Comet we are very familiar with from NWF. Uh, Prodigy is currently the unified champion up there. And Kid Comet is uh, quickly rising the ranks as one of the, as one of the you know, top super or future stars. Uh, Jacob Radcliffe uh, he is currently a member of the church, right? I don't know. I don't know I what's going on. I thought he was. He's got some a match coming up with them or for his freedom or something like that. Yeah. He's, he's the reluctant heel, like, you know, they, they own him or something like that. Yeah. So they're trying to make him a heel, but he's the face. And he, he comes out to Dick Dale, um, you know, the song from Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think that Jacob Ratliff has ever seen Pulp Fiction? No. No. I don't think so either. Um, but he did dance. Neither have I, buddy. <laughs> oh, dude. I know, I know. Do walk off. I've never seen I thought this either. was a safe place where I could... <laughs> you guys have never seen Pulp Fiction? You're oh. worse than Chris Majors. He's never seen... Uh, what was it? Uh, he's never seen um, 
uh, Terminator 1 or 2. He's never seen Alien. Is that the movie where they talk about the Royale with cheese? Yes! God I've damn. Seen parts it, of it. You guys need to go watch it. Do you that, ever find out what's in the briefcase, or is it no, just like something that glows? Yeah, it's, just the, it's a MacGuffin, man. If it makes okay. you feel any better, it's in my movie collection. I've just never. Fuck off. Watched both it. of you. Jesus Christ. Go watch Pulp Fiction. That's, I saw that three times in the theater in 1994. What? Just saying. I was 10. I was 14. So fuck off. Anyway. I was 8. It's a tremendous movie, and you guys should watch that. Anyway, that song and is Jacob from the movie. Jacob was not born. And yeah, he was not born yet. Is that yet. a true story, or is it fiction? It's definitely fiction. Is it pulp fiction? <laughs> Dean, oh, that dude. orange was squeezed. I will kill you all. Um, <laughs> so, Jacob is the baby Hawks, right? And yeah. so, and he had some friends there. He got a big old reaction. The crowd loves him. Um, I gotta say, I was a little disappointed in this crowd's reaction to Kid Comet. I thought Kid Comet was... Doing his shit. Never I don't think they're familiar with him. I know, but fuck off. He's a masked wrestler. What's there to get? You know? Right. He's a babyface masked wrestler. I mean, what? It's, there's not more he's simple a, shit than that. He's got a mask. He's little. That means he's going to do flippy shit. Yeah, you can't look at him and go, what the heck's this? I'm just going to do big, big I, can't, I can't read. You know? I can't see. I can't see. So, anyway, but uh, they did like Prodigy. They did eventually warm up to uh, Kid Common, of course. Yeah. And we had ourselves a triple threat babyface match with no cheating and a straight-up wrestling match. In fact, they started... Come on, yeah, and right out of the gate, man. Dean, tell us about this, like, this dancing, like, like clapping spot they did at the beginning here. Yeah, they were they were all clapping, and then uh, Jacob Rackliff goes, handshake! And then they do a triple handshake, where each one shakes Jacob Rackliff's hands, and then Kid Comet and Prodigy. Uh, Prodigy look across, and then they handshake, and then they're all tied up. And then Jacob Rackham goes, now biscuits! And he lets go of the handshake and starts throwing haymakers. Yeah, these biscuits are jabs, I guess. I don't know. John, tell us, what is, the, uh, what is Prodigy's best move and the one that he just hit like 50 times tonight? So Prodigy had a BOGO sale on all of his moves tonight. Uh, and one of the main staples that he has is a drop kick. It's a good he one. hits a really nice drop kick. Mm-hmm. From the form to the slap. The you know the hit, it's all nice. So he gives Daniel, not Daniel Radcliffe. I'm thinking of Harry Potter. He gets Jacob Radcliffe a drop kick, and then he gives Common a drop kick, and then he sends Jacob into one corner, and then he sends Common over there, and he does a monkey flip on the Comet, and he says you get one too because it's Pogo. So he then monkey flips Jacob Radcliffe over to Kid Comet, and he tries. Yeah, this is what this is heel tactics here. He tries to hit a double monkey flip, but it doesn't work because well, he gets greedy. Well, he tries to go for more moves, and he is which isn't necessary. Well, I mean, it was a buy one get one. It wasn't buy one get two. Yeah, you know, so that's the problem, right? He didn't get the flyer. Yeah, next time just bring more money, I think. But uh, anyway, what else happened in this scene? We had you know a staple of any match with. More than two people, the multi-man move out of the corner, where it was Prodigy setting up Kid Comet for a superplex. Jacob Radcliffe slides in the back and power bombs Prodigy and helps him superplex Kid Comet. That's right. And then he tries to pin 
Prodigy, who kicks out at two, and then he tries to pin Kid Comet, who kicks out at two, just once, the second person should stay down. Just, every time you, when you have three people laying out, I try and pin all three people, just once let the third person stay down for three. One time me and you were watching a match at Rockstar, I think, and they were doing the fish out of water spot or something. You're like, man, one time I just want them to, like, actually pin them. And, and then it happened. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> this never ends a match. And it happened, and it was when Trey Miguel pinned Desmond Xavier yeah. at Ludus. That was great. That was a long time ago, man. Jesus. Wow. Yeah, that was, like, the second or third show I went to there. Man. All right. This lady Wilson had a match with Samantha Heights. No, 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 you match. It was fucking awesome. She dropped that big punching bag on top of her. Stop sign. There was a power bomb on the floor. She crotched her on the orange red cone. That's right. Like right up the butt. Oh man. Do you guys awesome. remember those kind of details for this match? Um. Okay. Well, you know. I, I mean, just got the finish left on this. What match. was the finish, Dean? Jacob won, would win with a power slam. That's right. Yeah? And he kind of like rolled through it and then came back. And he pinned Prodigy. So we're keeping uh, keeping Kick Common strong, you know? Good. Yeah. He was on the outside. He had been taken out to the outside. Um, so that was that. So after that, we had double intermission. And uh, and by the way, all three of those guys did a good job. I think they, they, they I think some people went long, though. I think yeah, their match was match supposed to be short. a little longer. Um, and some it was people, probably the 95 minutes of stalling we had in that I second. Okay. Yeah, I, I blame Jimbo. It's definitely his fault. So, uh, five minutes ago. Five minutes ago. Everyone's in the back talking about the moves. Well, we were going to put the right hand in. <laughs> okay, so we'll take the right hand out. Okay, who, is anybody shaking it all about yet? Okay, we'll shake it all about. <laughs> so after that, we had double intermission because we needed two intermissions tonight. Okay, when your show is running long... Let's just cut the last intermission short. But no, we went over. We had like a 12-minute intermission or whatever. Well, we had like a 20-minute intermission the first time. Oh so that's God. where the real-time That shit's ridiculous. Come on, man. Somebody I'm... get Dale a stopwatch. So we went to Unsanctioned Pro a couple weeks ago, and they got started just a hair late. It wasn't that bad. It was like, I don't know, like a half hour late or something. They were going to have two intermissions, and they cut one of them because of that. Because they didn't want to fuck with us. So, that was awful nice of them. So, I'm just saying. Come on. We don't need two intermissions in a show like this. So When we saw the TPI, this was, oh, this was fantastic. Christ. We had a match, and there were two guys in it. One of them, Victor Vargas tonight. There were two guys that were barefooted guys. Yeah, that Neither was Neither one won the match. And as, like, the match is over, they're the last two, like, kind of walking really slow out of the ring, talking to each other and using each other to help. And Manawa gets on the mic and goes, 11.30, get to the back, get to the back. <laughs> It's 11.30, we have the main event, get to the back. That was great. <laughs> oh, Nick Manilaw rules. Anyway, alright, so after the double intermission that we didn't need, we had the main event of the evening, and the main event was a battle royal. And John, what did the winner get? The winner gets a match against the most esteemed Hollywood actor there is on the planet, Hollywood Adam. So lazy. He's gonna be pissed when he found that we haven't seen him in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. It's a younger movie that he first, probably one of his first. Yeah, That's one right. of his breakout roles. Uh, uh, so they get a title match against yeah. Adam Swayze this Sunday. 
at the Larry D celebration at the Sportatorium. Yeah, Larry D recently signed to Impact. Awesome. Good for him. I hope he makes all the money. I don't think we're making it to that show, but Larry, we are all happy as hell for you. Yeah, man. Tremendous stuff. Um, Goddamn, we've been singing your praises for just a couple years, and like, you know, 15 years before that, you've been out here on the road just crushing it, so uh, far be it for us to say this to anyone, but we do believe you deserve it. Yeah, that's true. We're not allowed to say that, but we're saying it right now, so uh, good for you, man. Uh, Anyway, so we had a battle royal, and basically everyone who had already wrestled was in the battle royal. We, we did not have Kayla Cassidy or Paige in the battle role, but everybody else was in this, right? Yes. So normally we do, like, play-by-play of who got eliminated when, but this was, this was like, hey, let's come on, get out, get out, let's go. Okay, get your shit in, get out, get your shit in, get out. That was pretty much everybody. Um, and, you know, I think that there was a couple times where guys didn't quite make it out. Um, my favorite elimination was when someone clotheslined the trucker dude, and he daintily, like, just got out. He like I, he got out like he would normally get out of the ring. <laughs> so they just jump on the floor, like oh, and then just walk to the back. So oh. he didn't even care that he lost. So that was funny. We had uh, Kid Comet go for the, as you put it, the cactus clothesline. Supposed to take him and Prodigy out, and Prodigy. It was I, it was icon. Icon. Yeah, it was icon. Icon. You're right. Uh, a couple times, uh, the two the two men that would end up being our final two were working pretty well together because they double clothesline both uh, Judas Kane out of the ring to eliminate him and the other big guy, Rob Valor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got rid of them all. Um, and it came down to two people. John, who were the two people that it came down to? It came down to Victor and Unforeseen Perez. Yeah. And these two kind of squared off, and we had ourselves like kind of a mini singles match here. And uh, there's some good stuff here. You know, these guys are both kind of top of the Larry D class of wrestlers, I would say. And uh, I was really impressed with Perez tonight, man. This is like the best I've seen him. And, you know, obviously it helps to highlight, you know, when he's working with people that maybe aren't as good as him or something like that. But at the same time, I was just impressed with his conditioning and, like, he didn't seem blown up at all, and, like, he did a lot of stuff in this. And, you know, I don't know. I was really impressed with him. And Victor Vargas, we've always talked about how good he is. He's pretty great, you know. So, um, I like both these guys. But, uh, Dean, how did this all shake out? Uh, Victor Vargas would run in for a clothesline. Uh, Unforeseen Perez would duck it, toss him out of the ring, and Unforeseen Perez would be the winner. That's right. Two tears in the ducket, motherfucking, something like that. And, uh, yeah, so Unforeseen Perez will get a title shot, which I can't imagine he's going to win because Adam Swayze is one of the greatest actors and wrestlers in the world, and Adam Swayze has Gideon in his back pocket. So, I mean, he's got a whole crew. Well... He's got Selena. Uh, yeah, okay. He's got okay. the Vice Kings. Oh, yeah. He's got a posse <laughs> down there. He's got yeah. Wow, I forgot about that. Jeez. Okay, yeah, so he's got all those people to, you know, so uh, do you think Perez will enlist the help of Victor Vargas on the outside of the ring during this match? Seems like that makes sense, right? It does. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like something like that will happen. Uh, but uh, at the same time, you never know. If this was my place, what I would do is I would have these two, uh, you know, kind of team up because all the bad guys are starting to cheat 
and uh, we get a DQ finish involving everybody, and then we get ourselves a tag match the next week that'll have, uh, you know, maybe Gideon has to wrestle, or maybe it's the Vice Kings versus, uh, you know, versus uh, um, Perez and, uh, and Victor. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff you could do with this. Good stuff. I like it. That's one thing that I love about PTW is when their booking is open-ended, so you may think you know what they're going to do, but they have options. You know, they don't, they don't like, book themselves into a corner too often, which I do like that because, uh, you know, like WWE, for example, they really book themselves into a corner a lot of times, and so you just kind of know exactly what's going to happen, which makes wrestling boring. So, uh, anyway, John, what you think of the evening? Uh, I'm going to continue to sing Prez's, uh, Prez's praises. That's a tongue twister right there. Uh, I think overall, especially from where we first saw him, what, back, like, was it a year ago when he popped up with ATM yeah. storyline? Like, from there to now, I feel like he's always kind of had his character down, but now he's, like, mastered it. I feel like his reactions in the ring, like, whether it's him screaming to being hit or, you know, just the playful manner that he has to even his wrestling ability, I feel like... He has just improved leaps and bounds over the last year, and I think he's got a bright future. Now, John, I'm not arguing with you, but does it help that he teabagged Icon tonight? He teabagged Icon not once, but twice. <laughs> he rubbed his dick all over Icon. And he didn't even use the uh, the pickle tickler yeah, the, at all. the butt plug thing. Yeah, he didn't do that. So, Dean, what'd you think of the night? Anyone that's, night. And anyone that stood out to you? Uh... <clears throat> Victor Vargas again. He and uh, <coughs> Jacob Radcliffe are two of the guys that are getting the most show, like the most out of the out of the school. They're getting the most opportunities. It looks like, and I think that they both seem to step up to the plate and take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah, they both they both have potential, right? They might they might be something someday, you know. And uh, right now they're doing a great job, and it's pretty awesome. You know, I gotta say. I really enjoyed the show tonight. I mean, obviously, there was a lot of fun we were having in the crowd, just kind of joking around about some of the shit we were seeing. But I got to say, and I, John, you're getting mad at me, but I was pretty impressed with that toll part um, segment. And I thought Kayla Cassidy did a great job being a bitch, you know? Um, maybe it comes natural to her. I don't know. But uh, she did a great job at that segment, and she got some heat. Everybody hates her. There was one person in the crowd in particular who I believe has a best friend, but I'm not sure, um, who really didn't like Kayla Cassidy. And she was like, oh, you think you're a bitch? Well, I'm a bitch. I love it when women get in a bitch off. That is good times right there, you know? And I love it when it's in a safe environment like pro wrestling. But you know what? I think the girl that's in the crowd is the bigger bitch because she has this dude wearing a hoodie that literally it's a picture of her and him. And underneath it, it says, my best friend. And so earlier in the night, some guy like, hey, are you using that seat? And she's like, oh, no, sorry. My my friend oh, is sitting there. Yeah. Not my best friend, mm-hmm. like his hoodie says. She's my friend. She's working this dude, huh? She is, so she's the bigger bitch. Homie, open your eyes. She's playing you, dog. That was really funny. Alright, guys. Okay, There's so. like ten other guys with that same shirt, but it's their picture. <laughs> Alright, well, you guys got any other things we need to say tonight? No, I think we wrapped it up really well. I had fun. 
All right. Well, uh, you guys can follow our show at the Road Home FW. You can follow Dean at Ralphon11, John at jhat05, me at Drusifer Tweets. Thank you so much for listening. Class dismissed. Sayonara. When you're a jet, you're a jet All the way from your first cigarette To your last dying day When you're a jet, let them do what they can You've got brothers around You're a family man You're never alone You're never disconnected You're home with your own Company's expected You're well protected Then you are set with a capital J Which you'll never forget Till they cart you away When you're a jet you stay up Now I know Tony like I